Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're a female professional or entrepreneur who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, Certified Life and Weight Coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hello everyone and a very warm welcome to episode 21, Food and Your Relationship with Others. Today I'm talking to you about the sway or influence that your relationship with food has over your relationship with others and vice versa. Now before I dive in and get started, I wanted to let you know that I have a small group mastermind programme starting in January, and there are still a few spaces left. So if you would like to spend six months creating the relationship with food and yourself and your life that you desire, and of course lose your weight for the last time along the way, with a small group of supportive and like-minded women, please go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash mastermind and check out all of the details. Okay. So let's get started talking all about food and your relationship with others. Now, this podcast episode assumes you're familiar with the concepts that I teach around how to eat right for you, becoming boss of your brain, managing your mind, enabling your emotions, loving yourself like your life depends on it, and creating a life that you love. If you've not listened to the earlier episodes of this podcast, then I highly recommend that you listen to earlier episodes because it will help this episode be more meaningful to you. So to start with, what is your relationship with food? Now, your relationship with food is simply your thoughts about food, your thoughts about eating, just like your relationship with other people or another person is simply your thoughts about them. So your relationship with food could be comprised of thoughts like, I don't feel in control around food, or I feel hungry all the time. Or maybe I crave sweet things. When I try to eat healthily, I still don't lose weight. I don't think I will ever be slim because I can't imagine being able to stick to a diet. Or maybe I'm constantly thinking about food and what I should and should not eat. Or it could be that your relationship with food is comprised of thoughts like, I love eating foods that help me feel healthy and energised. I like home prepared salads and vegetable dishes. I eat mostly for fuel and nourishment and occasionally for pleasure. Food has less importance in my life than it used to. I no longer find it difficult to decide what to have when I go out for a meal. And these are all thoughts about food and eating. They're not truths, they're your thoughts. And likewise, you will have very different relationships with other people based on your thoughts about them. There may be a work colleague who you think thoughts like this about. We just don't get along. He always wants to take credit for everything. He thinks I don't have good ideas. He's rude and obnoxious. I wish I didn't have to deal with him. Or you may have a work colleague you think thoughts about that are more like this. He's very good at what he does. I have an opportunity to learn from him. He's encouraging me to get more involved. Now the reason we know it's our thoughts about the person and not the person themselves is because two people will very often have totally different relationships with that same person, totally different set of thoughts. And of course, our thoughts about a person can change over time. 
So you may have dated someone in your earlier life who you had very positive thoughts about, right up until the point in time where you didn't. Your thoughts changed, and your thoughts about food can change in just the same way too. And I really want you to take note of that point. Just because you currently think a certain way about food and about other people, it doesn't mean that you always will. In fact, the more work you do to choose your thinking, to align with the healthier, slimmer version of you, who you are becoming, the easier your journey will be. So what about the point where your relationship with food and your relationship with another person crosses over? Have you given much thought to this? Do you eat differently or talk about food differently depending on who you are with? Do you have some friends who you are more likely to overindulge with than others? Do you maybe always ask for seconds if you're dining with family but wouldn't ever contemplate going back for a second helping at a work buffet lunch? Maybe if you're some way along on your weight loss journey, you find yourself not eating certain foods with your partner but eating foods that you would prefer not to have when you're a guest in another person's house. And I would offer that of course we all do this. We all think, feel and act differently and eat differently around food depending on who we are with and the occasion. We are always adapting. In fact, she likely thinks we're adapting to the situation or people, but in fact we're adapting to our thoughts about the situations and people. And that's an important distinction because it reminds us that we get to choose. So earlier I referred to the influence or impact that your relationship with food has over your relationship with other people. So let's look at an example of that. It could look like you being annoyed with your partner because they're eating food that you over-desire, such as chocolate, in front of you, and you find it annoying. So your relationship with the chocolate is that you have thoughts that create feelings of over-desire and because you over-desire it, you believe that your partner should adapt their behaviour when they're around you if you're eating these types of foods. So the relationship you have with chocolate is now impacting your relationship with your partner. So what does it mean when I refer to the influence that other people have over your relationship with food? Well, an example of this could be you choosing not to eat bread because you want to cut down on refined carbohydrates but then eating the sandwich that your friend made when you visited her for lunch because you don't want to offend her or you feel it would be awkward if you declined and you want to avoid that. So a part of your journey of creating the relationship with food that you like as you work towards losing your weight for your last time and become the person who feels free and in control around food and no longer eats involves you being aware of what you think, feel and do around others when it comes to food and eating and adapting that behaviour, adapting those thoughts, feelings and actions to become more aligned with the person you want to be, the person you are becoming. In fact, when you think about the person you are becoming, it can sometimes be difficult to visualise her. And if you notice that, you can borrow from your future self, the wisdom of your future self, by thinking about someone who already has the relationship with food that you want and you will discover that you do know what you want to create for yourself as well. So today I'm inviting you to really think about your past, present and future relationship with food at the point where it intersects with other people. Now when I talk about your past relationship with food, note that you're not really going to know the truth of your past relationship with food, just the truth as you know it from the thoughts you have about your past today. Have you thought about food in your earlier life? 
What's more relevant is what's going to have more impact on you today is what your current thoughts are about your past relationship with food and others. So this may be something like acknowledging that even though you know it's better to not eat everything on your plate when you're overly full, you still do so because it was what you were raised to do. So be curious about how your current relationship with food and others is impacted by your past. As an example, you could be noticing how your relationship with a university friend is alcohol fueled because you like to resurrect the positive feelings of your university days when you would have a fab time and that involved drinking a bit too much. Or it may be noticing that you don't eat chocolate in front of your partner and hide the wrappers from him, even though he readily eats chocolate in front of you and thinking that you do this because a former boyfriend used to comment on you being overweight. In addition to noticing what you think today about your relationship with food in the past, I encourage you to think today about the relationship with food that you do and don't want in the future. Think about different people in your life and think about what your relationship with food and them may look like when you're the slim person you want to be, effortlessly maintaining your weight, eating primarily for health and nourishment and occasionally for pleasure, without all the food chatter, with feeling free and in control. What are you thinking, feeling and doing differently when it comes to food and eating and drinking when you are that version of you that you want to be? Now, if you're listening to this episode in the run-up to Christmas, it may be an opportunity to increase your self-awareness of how you change your thoughts and feelings and actions around food based on who you are with. If you are visiting or having visitors this Christmas, do use this time of year as an opportunity to observe your thoughts about food that you are thinking because of who you are with. Notice how you are feeling and what you do or don't do. It's also worth thinking about your self-concept in relation to food. Now this will be more relevant for some of you than others, but check in with yourself and consider how much of your self-concept, your identity, is associated with food and or drink. You may also notice that you have different food identities with different people or groups of people. So different food and people identity examples could be something like being thinking of yourself as the party girl or rebel. Now this could be you if you're the one who's always pushing for the suggestion that you should enjoy yourself because life is too short or life is for living. You encourage others and you yourself maybe have the dessert or the cake or the one final drink. You have an identity that looks like you believing that more is better. Another example could be having the identity of the perpetual dieter. Are you always the one that refuses the dessert or sticks with the sparkling water, even if you overeat when you're alone? Or maybe you identify with being a feeder. Maybe you over cater when you're catering for other people at home. Or do you have an identity as being someone who loves something specific? Maybe you're known for loving toffees or a specific chocolate bar or a certain drink. Now, not all of you will relate to having a food-related identity or self-concept, but for those of you who do, be curious about whether this identity is aligned with the version of you that you want to be, the version of you that has the relationship with food that you want, and if that isn't, notice your thoughts about changing and the feelings those thoughts create. So you may be resistant to change because you like how you show up in this food and people-related scenario, even if they're representing the relationship with food that you want. Or maybe you would love to change yourself but you're worried about others pulling away from you if you do. Our connection to others is another primal desire that's wired into our behaviour for purposes of survival. So it's normal to be concerned what others may think or how they may react. 
So having given some thought to your past, current and future relationship with food and how that relationship with food is influenced by your relationship with other people, let's now consider four phases that you will likely move through on your way to creating the relationship with food that you want. Without any negative influence from your relationship, and remember by that I mean your thoughts about others. Now, these are phases that I've made up and given names to to help you see where you're at and to help you see your opportunities to grow and evolve as you create that relationship with food and yourself that you want. So there are four phases. Now, phase number one, I'm going to call victimhood. This is where you feel lots of negative emotion because you're thinking you can't eat what you want and you're thinking that other people and other situations are making it more difficult for you to abstain from eating what you want to have or you end up eating things you hadn't intended and you blame other people for that. And so in the examples that I'm thinking of here for this phase, it may look like you blaming your partner for sitting next to you on the sofa eating biscuits when you're trying to cut out refined sugars and carbs, or it looks like you being in a work situation where you're thinking you must eat things that aren't aligned with your food framework. By the way, your food framework is your chosen way of eating that you created for yourself to help you meet your weight and health goals. And this is something that you get help to create inside of both my One Life Academy membership program and the Lose Weight Live Life Mastermind. So essentially, if you notice yourself feeling deprived because you think you can't have what you want to have and you're a little resentful of others having what you would like, you are in this phase one that I'm calling victimhood. Okay, phase two, I'm going to call evasion. This is where you've resolved how you want to be eating and are really truly wanting to eat in a healthy way aligned with your goals. You've shifted your mindset away from feeling resentful and deprived about eating the foods that will give you the weight and health that you want, but you're still new to feeling that way and you're concerned about how others will perceive you. Maybe you feel you've failed at diets before and so you are reluctant to share that you've changed how you eat with others for fear of them having thoughts that you might fail again. Or if you've previously had comments about always trying different diets, you might avoid being direct about what you do and don't want to eat when you're with other people to avoid questions and comments about what you aren't doing this time. So then phase three, I'm going to call discomfort of honesty. This looks like you being true to what you do and don't want to eat from the place of prioritising what's best for your future well-being. You're willing to risk others being upset or others thinking things about you that you would rather they didn't, but it feels really uncomfortable. You are doing what's right for you. You're eating what's right for you, but the consequences are causing you discomfort. So when your friend comments, you're no longer fun anymore because you only have one glass of wine, You feel the discomfort of that and allow it to be okay. So in this phase, you're eating how you want to be eating and allowing yourself to feel the discomfort created by thoughts you have that either you should be behaving differently or you're thinking that other people are responding in a way that makes you feel bad. During this phase, you're forgetting that you're not feeling bad because of how they respond, but because of your thoughts about how they respond. Maybe you are thinking they should be behaving differently. Maybe you're thinking they should say something that's more supportive. Okay, and so the last phase, phase four, I'm going to call freedom of truth. This looks like you being true to yourself around the food decisions that you make. It looks like you showing up as the person you want to be, eating and drinking the way that you want to and lovingly accepting yourself and others no matter how they respond. 
So this is you knowing that if your friend is upset, it's to do with them and not you and allowing them to be upset. This is you having compassion for their negative emotion without allowing it to negatively impact you. The difference between this phase and the previous one is that when you are in this phase, you're not thinking or wishing other people were behaving differently because you're believing that if they did, you would feel better. Okay, so that's what I have for you today. Now, in summary, I would like to suggest that you start to be curious about how your relationship with people impacts your relationship with food and vice versa. Observe your thoughts and feelings around food decisions you make with others and how they compare to food decisions you make when alone or with a different group of people. And remember that just because you notice thoughts right now about missing out or thinking you should eat differently to how you want to because of other people, know that it won't always be that way. You can learn to increase your awareness and practice thinking differently in a way that serves you better. All right. Thanks, everybody, and have a great week. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honored to be your coach. There are two ways that you can work with me. You can join my monthly membership program, My One Life Academy, that gives you self-paced learning, supported by twice-weekly live calls, and a whole lot more. Or you can join the waiting list for my next six-month Lose Weight, Live Life group coaching mastermind intensive. Go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching to find out all the details.